Welcome back to Path to Glory, the Warhammer Underworlds podcast that focuses on competitive gaming, player development, and community growth. This episode, as always, was made possible by our patrons. Thanks to everyone who supports us. If you're interested in supporting the podcast monetarily, please check us out at patreon.com slash path to glory. If that's not possible, we still appreciate the listen and the ratings. As always, this is Amon Kusro, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jonathan Davis. Hello. How has your week been? Did you have a long weekend? Um, I didn't have like a three-day weekend, if that's what you mean, but uh, it was... I don't know. It must be long because I barely remember it. <laughs> well, I was fortunate enough to get MLK off. So shout out to my company. Oh, uh, yeah. It was pretty cool. So a uh, little bit about what's been going on with me. So I had a family member who got COVID. So mm-hmm. it was, um, they're fine. They're in great health. It's my dad. He's, he's great. Uh, he literally looks like he's 35 and he works out every day. So. Um, we all immediately uh, quarantined ourselves from other people and, of course, my father. Mm. Luckily, I tested negative twice over the span of six days, which is great. But I've been a bit of a nomad. I've, uh, <laughs> I had to get an Airbnb because there wasn't enough room at the, uh, my aunt's place where my mom went. So I've uh, been a bit of a nomad recently. So I was in an Airbnb for four days. It was pretty chill, though. I really enjoyed it. And uh, now I'm at the girlfriend's house because I have tested negative twice and she has allowed me to enter. So um, <laughs> it's been all right. And and that's kind of why I've just been so all over the place. Um, so I do appreciate our team league members, which we'll get. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, for their patience on those pairings on Monday. So um, I promised an explanation. So here it is. Yeah. Well, they weren't, they weren't that late. So, or the, I don't know, it was still on Monday. So <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was the afternoon. So I, you know, but I guess it's late for our friends overseas. I know they're just, just pining for those pairings. <laughs> they only like mentioned it like 10 times. So fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Alliance is fun guys. Um, anything else going on? Uh, any war bands you're excited that you're playing right now or kind of just keeping it chill? Um, no, I, I guess I've just mostly been busy, um, doing other stuff. Um, uh, some, some wedding planning stuff, some, uh, my sister's birthday was, uh, this last week. So I saw them briefly, but, uh, I haven't really been doing as much underworld stuff as I would like. Um, wasn't able to play in the the tournament unfortunately um due to some of that stuff so uh i don't think i've i've, I've played a few games um just with random war bands and stuff but nothing i haven't really like uh i don't really dove in the way i would like sometimes <laughs> yeah well i mean wedding planning is important and yeah uh, there's a lot to it <laughs> i bet i look forward to crashing it though I, i'm pretty sure you're invited so well, that's true, but I'm just going to pretend like I crashed it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, speaking of the event, it was held by the community Discord channel last weekend. And uh, it was a good turnout. I think it had like 52 players. I, unfortunately, was up very late the night before having some fun uh, in a socially distanced and safe manner, of course. <laughs> and so I just was like, man, I can either sleep five hours and then go play or just sleep in. And ultimately, 
I slept in, and I'm very happy I made that decision. <laughs> so it was cool. Um, but let's get let's get to the topic at hand here. So in today's episode, we will be talking about news. Uh, Daniel Skipala, who ended up winning said event, uh, will be talking about his path to glory. Spoiler alert, I guess, if you didn't know, he won. <laughs> <laughs> and for our Patreon listeners, stick around for the end phase where we will be talking about target priority. It was a topic suggested by Val, one of our aspiring champion level patrons. Um, the episode will drop tomorrow as we are. It's been kind of hard to record. I don't have all my equipment with me. So, you know, please be patient there. But it will be released tomorrow, which is Wednesday, the 20th. Yep. So, uh, Jonathan, let's kick it off with some news. Yeah, we have a few things today. Um, first, we do have a number of new patrons since the previous episode. So thank you to Niels, Orc, Tim, Valcom, Haz, and Kyler. We really appreciate your support. Uh, we're up to 24 now, which is amazing. Um, amazing. And we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. And Orc, Tim, I believe, is uh, Timothy Greaves, who was the... Yeah. Uh, we interviewed him for Iron Skulls Boys. Yep, we definitely did. Yeah, I think I've just been using their Discord names. I I know most of these people <laughs> from Discord more than anything else, but yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely definitely Timothy Greaves. Yep. Yeah. So, um, cool. Well, Jonathan released a few more recorded games on the Patreon since the last episode, so he's been playing some Eyes of the Nine into Gerard, a friend of the uh, the show, his Hrothgorn, and mm-hmm. then also played Magor's Fiends into Mike's Molog. So we hope you enjoy those. I'm going to enjoy them. I haven't seen them yet, but hopefully there's some uh, good games. Yeah, I was trying to make an Eyes of the Nine combo deck. I don't I don't think it works, but I certainly tried. <laughs> well, um, I, won't, I won't delve in too much for the spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything. They, they were good games, um, but I, I'm, I'm not sure if I would, uh, I'm not sure if I would take them. To an event, but uh, it was fun. It was fun. Right on. And uh, the next thing we have is um, the next tournament that's coming up is the Straight Out of Shadespire Cam Game event. This will be on the 6th of February. Um, I think they're actually going to get the uh, Agent of Sigmar guys to do some commentary on that. So that should be fun. Um, and I'm going to try to make it to that one, try to wake up early for that. So. Not sure what I'll play yet, but I have a couple of weeks to figure it out. <laughs> that was my next question. Do you have? Uh, do you want to give away what you're playing? Maybe give uh, some of your opponents a chance to to plot against. <laughs> well, last time I played Harrow's and I was able to win the event, um, but I think I'm going to be done with them. I am playing Harrow's in the team league, um, but I think then I'm pretty much done with them. Um, unless it's for the team league. So I need to find something else. I've been wanting to play Magors. Um, maybe I'll dabble with the eyes of the nine again. Well, I guess we'll have to see, but well, I'm not sure yet. If you can win it with eyes of the nine, <laughs> right. I want to, I want to win something with them. So I'm going to be honest, man. It was very hard winning glass with them. Um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was, I luckily was able to rely on tomes back then. But it was, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm thinking maybe like Lost Pages is doable. Um, I mean, anything is going to be difficult. So, well, well, Lost Pages is the same strategy, right? You just don't get that wound yeah. bonus. But if you go gauntlets and stuff, maybe you can make it work. 
Yeah, and I, I'm thinking that's probably a good way to do it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I should see if anybody has uh, some eyes sticks of them that have been working and maybe tweak from there. I don't think combo is the way to go. Um, I was trying to get, uh, I guess my strategy was like lead bone dust on the blue horror, which may still be a good idea. Um, but I don't know if the combo stuff is that good because the blue horror can't take the weapons. And uh, I think it's just too many upgrades, but I wanted to try it. So um, the other thing that we have is you dropped another article um, continuing your state of the hexes series, which was great. Um, I've been a fan of the series and now we have it on our website. So it's a uh, good content there. Thanks, man. Yeah, it was, uh, it was like a lot of like one to two hour sessions, like over the <laughs> course of a week. Yeah. And then at one point I was just like, I can't even read this anymore. I've read it so many times. So <laughs> um, yeah, that's how it I, goes. I appreciate you, uh, editing my grammatical errors. Sure. Yeah. I think, uh, a second look always helps. Um, and, uh, I think, I think it does a good job of summing up the, the way that this meta has sort of transpired. I guess we're assuming that it's almost over and that we should have, uh, the ravagers soon, although January is, is passing. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. We'll, well, Warhammer community did mention, I think it was like tucked away at the end of one of their articles. Yeah. Um, that they're going to be previewing them this week. So, oh, okay. I, I, I do have a link to the article. This is not fabrication. So, <laughs> you know, if, if I don't know if we still do show notes, but if we do, we can throw it in there. Yeah, we can do show notes. I'm sure. I'm sure it's floating around on the internet. I've just had such a busy week that I haven't uh, haven't paid attention. So that'll be cool. So, I guess maybe those will be out uh, by the sixth. I'm not sure, or maybe the cam event will be the last one. Right. Yeah. Either way, I don't. I don't think it's going to be January. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that they said that Brexit uh, slowed their release schedule down a little bit. So, right. <clears throat> We're probably still in the middle of that. Well, um, well, hopefully they'll come out soon. Kagos Ravagers, they look cool. Models are amazing. Oh, yeah. Preview. So looking forward to talking about the cards. Uh, another update is our team league has started. It's our second season, and we actually have 16 teams now, which was the original goal from season one. So six more teams than last time. Very exciting stuff. Yeah. That's like over 50 players. So cool. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I'm 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 beyond excited. It's a little bit harder given the fact that you are now a participant. So a lot of the uh, the uh, the the management during the event, actually all of it now is on my shoulders. But <laughs> I found a couple ways to make it uh, a little less cumbersome, including uh, using a platform called TTT, which is Tabletop To. So we'll see how that works. Um, mm-hmm. I would have loved to use BCP, but it just doesn't facilitate the alliance. Uh, yeah. format at this time. Yeah, yeah. I think they are able to do it for 40k, but I don't think they've implemented it for uh, for Underworld. So maybe they'll do it in the future, but I think we'll make it work. Absolutely. And the last bit of news that we'd like to share on this episode is uh, Davey is back from a long hiatus. Uh, yeah. Phil kind of holding it down for what the hex and, and Davey returned. Uh, and they had a great episode. I really enjoyed it while they were talking about the meta and all the changes and what their thoughts were and um, some great insight and uh, you know, love both of those guys and uh, you know, uh, go, go ahead and give them a listen. If you haven't heard that episode, I think uh, it's, it's nice. Yeah. I think I actually started it yesterday and I haven't finished it yet, but uh, it's good to have him back for sure. 
Yeah, I love podcasts, so I just <laughs> I try to find underworld stuff all over the place. And so, um, unfortunately, I've been having to listen to other game stuff, but it just doesn't hit you know scratch the same itch. But what the heck's definitely helped a lot. Great, yeah, good to have him back. I'll have to try to get some games in with him or something too. Absolutely. So um, we have the next segment, which is where we'll be talking about our interview with Daniel Skipala, who dominated the event last, <laughs> last weekend with Miari's Purifiers. Um, it was pre-recorded, so you're probably going to hear a little jingle after we end this particular segment, which is the first time we're going to be trying something like that. So let us know if you like it, and we'll be right back after the interview. All right, everyone, we are now interviewing Daniel Skipala, who was the recent winner of the online event last weekend. He ran Miari's Purifiers. How are you doing, Daniel? Um, great, thank you. Awesome. Thank you for um, working out this time zone stuff with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the first question we have for you, Daniel, um, is just a couple uh, like brief interview questions to get to know you as a player. I don't think um, either of us have played you before. Um, when did you start playing Underworlds? Right. Uh, I started playing uh, right from the first season. Uh, I was running Corn uh, the Reavers with the annihilation stuff, but that was a long time ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't even think... Uh, yeah, I started playing in the second season, so I've been playing a while. You have a, a group over there in... Uh, is it uh, the Czech Republic, or...? Yes, we have a few groups, but it's not great in this quarantine. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I'm just trying to play as much as I can. So. Great. Do you have a favorite warband uh, overall? Well, I do not have any favorite warband. I have uh, memories of Tundrix uh, because I play them like, let's say, uh, five or six months. Uh, but I, I uh, enjoy the purifiers a lot. I enjoy uh, condemners. Hmm. I play yeah. with condemners the Vazal League. Oh, and okay. yeah, it's it's kind of funny when the dice go in your favor. <laughs> yeah, that's a warman that I don't think I've ever figured out how to uh, to, how to play. <laughs> I was just talking <laughs> to someone on the Discord about that actually. Um, that's cool though. <clears throat> um, let's go to the event questions then. Um, going into this event, um, what did you expect to see in the meta? Well, I expected a lot of Molochs, which uh, I eventually got. Uh, and I expected a bit of objective and a bit of uh, aggro, more, more aggro. Uh, there is not that many control because uh, there are not that great objectives for control right now. Right on. So is that why you picked Purifiers? Uh, what made you pick them and 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 why did you Perfect. think they were going to do well in this event? Uh, I actually did not, did not expect them to do so well. Uh, I, I picked them because I, I am painting them. And 
I wanted to try some new uh, warband that was interesting and they were interesting with that other course tokens and uh, I wanted to figure that stuff out. That's so interesting. So you just went with something that you wanted to have fun with and you ended up doing very well. Yeah, that's that's how it went. That's awesome. If, so, if I wanted just to go for the win, I would pick Moloch, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you had to get through a couple Molochs at the end, but we'll jump we'll jump through that later. Right now, let's let's talk about your deck. So, um, we're just going to quickly name a couple cards, uh, and then I think Jonathan and I will just point out a couple that we thought were particularly interesting, and we'd love to hear your strategy behind building this deck, but just to briefly go through it, we've got six surges, frantic exchange, show of force, unexpected pitfall, bold conquest, elemental blessing, and surge of aggression. And then the six end phases are team effort to the end, haughty exemplars, purifying light, pursuit of excellence, and dominant position. Then for the ploys, we've got buried instinct, frenzied search, nightmare in the shadows, unnatural truce, Distraction, Mischievous Spirits, Channel the River, Channel the Wind, and Slick Rock with Hunting Bolt as the only spell. And then the upgrades, we've got Great Fortitude, Great Strength, Deserved Confidence, Gauntlet of Command, Gauntlet of Dominance, The Crown of the Dead, Heartstone Amulet, Heightened Senses, Mountain's Gift, and One Fighter Restricted Card, Mountain Stance. So, Daniel, tell us what was going on in your, in your head when you were building this deck, because... Uh, from here, it seems like it can do a lot, but it might not necessarily be the best at doing everything. What was your idea here, and why did you build the deck the way that you did? Uh, my idea was basically to survive and score passively while not letting the other player just to uh, crush me or uh, score that much glory on objectives. That was basically the general idea, and... I obviously try to kill some fighters and hold few objectives, but I'm not focused on either things, which makes me very flexible. Yeah, that makes sense. So you 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 put Surge of Aggression in your deck, which does engage the Primacy counter. Did you just figure that Molog will bring it anyway, so you might as well take benefit of it? Or what was your strategy there? All right, so... Yeah, uh, it's it's really a, a good objective, and everyone, almost everyone, was playing it right. Um, and also, it's actually it's it's a bit harder than playing uh, with Moloch to score it. But I uh, figured out that it's not that hard because if you have Vorband, uh, which has to, to wound models, you can you can kill it, you can score it easily. And if they have four, uh, for example, rebuffs, you just need to kill the leader. It's, it's a bit sad, but you can do it. Uh, I don't think there is just, there was just objective that fits there better. Now, my question with you is that there is a secondary condition as well, right? With the damage characteristic of four plus. Did you score that via that? Um that requirement often because it seems like the only one who can reliably get there quickly is Bahanar. I, I sometimes score it, but 
yeah, with Wagner, of course, but uh, not with anyone else. And it's not the primary focus. Got it. Got it. Okay. That makes a lot of sense here. Um, one more question that I had was Hadi Exemplars. So, you know, you've got a warband of four three-wound fighters. And this right here is relying on you having more surviving fighters than surviving enemy fighters. How are you getting that off so consistently, especially given the fact that, you know, you were fighting Molog a couple times? Right. Um, yeah, it was probably the one of the least scored objectives, to be honest. Uh, but I scored it. I did score it sometimes uh, because when you when you just kill uh, two of the two wound fighters with Moloch, you can score it. I played against Ripas, and I and that's that's not that hard to score against Ripas when you just survive. Also, you're defending, and where you know you are dying. Anyway, you just can use the reroll from the other quartz token. So you have just like one more chance to survive. So it's it's not so easy to kill you as it seems. Right yeah. on. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that you have so many pushes in the deck um, with Nightmare in the Shadows for your restricted slot and distraction. And then Slick Rock also will mess up. Uh, objectives and mischievous spirits will also mess up objectives and you have the gauntlets. So that's, I think that's pretty cool. That seems like a, be really hard for the objective war bands to score very much. <laughs> I guess all that. Yeah. Did you find that you were scoring dominant position pretty reliably because of all that disruption? I was scoring it usually against the smaller aggro war bands like Molok. Mm-hmm. And I could score it there, also against Ripas. But yeah, I'm not going to score it versus Green Void usually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but but in in the last game, I was just uh, activating the Gauntlet of Dominance all the time, so he didn't actually stand on any objectives in the end phase. So yeah, that makes sense. But even with all that push, you were you were you were still getting out um, controlled on the objectives with the Grimwatch and maybe Thorns or something like that. Uh, well, I didn't play Thorns. Um, I, I was not going for dominant position, of course. I just tried to kill his ghouls and score the uh, the passive stuff I have. So proceed excellence to the end, team effort. Purifying lights, mostly. Yeah, that makes sense. And I imagine you were able to stop uh, a number of their scores, too. Um, the last thing I think I wanted to ask about was Mountain Stance. <clears throat> How did that upgrade uh, work for you? Well, it uh, went surprisingly well for me. I didn't really expect it to do as well. Uh, because I remember the, my final... Uh, the first game of the finals when uh, I rolled two shields when the Moloch had cleave, but I had discard, so it's, I think it saved me there. And that one damage is pretty useful. Yeah. Considering that there are that, uh, many high wound fighters in the meta. Yeah, it certainly does make him a lot harder to kill if the enemy has cleave, so 
that's that's pretty cool that it uh, ended up being important. Um, I think that's all the questions that I have um, about the deck. We did have a question from one of our patrons, Compaq. Uh, which cards do you think are auto-includes for Miaris? For Miaris, all right. Um, I think definitely Elemental Blessing because it's just so easy to use it. You just take take uh, one Ender Quartz token uh, while playing a card. It's, it's easy. That's basically for free. Uh, then uh, Pursuit of Excellence. We we saw that also with Rivas because they have the I don't know how it's called right now, but it's it's basically the same. Yeah, loaded with plunder. Yeah, yeah, loaded with plunder. It's it's just easy in this meta. Uh, team effort is also pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like most of my decks are pretty out out of includes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You have you have a lot of the you know the the good cards in the meta right now. The the gauntlets I think are pretty popular. Um, Deserve confidence is popular. So. Cool, cool. Did you find Hunting Bolt was uh, useful for you? <laughs> yeah, there. Uh, sometimes I, I didn't usually use the quarry effect. I I sometimes inspire with it, but sometimes just my leader just says no, and there is no Hunting Bolt for me, even though it's like seventy five percent chance on success. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those never seem to go off for me. So, okay, well, right on. Um, just last question on the deck: Were there any cards that almost made the cut that you uh, switched at the last minute, or if you're looking back at the deck now, anything you would change? Right. Um, I don't see anything that is particular for changing, but yeah, the hunting bolt is. <laughs> Sometimes just doesn't go off, but I think I still believe it though. Um, I made uh, one change at the last minute, which was changing the, uh, I will just find the name of the card. It's, it's the purifier card that, uh, that gives you plus one move and the reaction for removing the enderports token. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what it's uh, Heightened Reflexes. Heightened yep. Reflexes, yeah. Yeah, uh, and I changed it for Mountain's Gift, which gives you on guard while you have the other course token or uh, you get guard token when you kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really find Mountain's Gift that much useful. It was it was useful sometimes, but I don't feel like it made the difference. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh, but when you play it on Niari, he just is on guard, which is really big difference when you have like two dodges versus two guards. Um, and sometimes it's just too late for it because no one has any other ports counters. Did you find that you're spending the the counters quickly? Well, I, I don't uh, try to rush it because sometimes just the elemental cards are too deep into the deck and you want to score your elemental blessing. 
which and you don't really want to cast spells because uh, the spell attack isn't really doing that much until Miar is inspired. I'm I'm, I'm usually uh, of uh, the Mortis relics on Bahnar, and so Miari has basically does nothing at that moment. So uh, I try to not rush spending the counters when I uh, need to score my elemental blessing, and also uh, I, I use it when when my when it's really important attack, right? If I'm just going to kill this important fighter, I will just spend it because it's it's good. I'm not not uh, usually using them on inspiration, just to inspire at the expense of other force tokens. Uh, I actually played the perfectionist objective, which is uh, when uh, none of your fighters have any other force tokens. Mm-hmm. But I uh, cut, cut it out, uh, especially for this reason, because it was just forcing me to spend my other quartz tokens on unimportant attacks or just unimportant events. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, so do you think this is the best way to play the warband with, uh, you know, to the end and uh, dominant position in the gauntlets? Do you think there are other ways to play them or is this probably your favorite? Uh it's definitely my favorite, uh, but but I've seen one guy in the puzzle clash play it objective. So mm-hmm. because they have the uh, fraction temporary victory, which is called I don't know how it's called right now. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. You could, <laughs> and uh, they and of course you can score dominant position uncontested. And a lot of these cards, but with so much pushes into meta, it's just so hard because you have mischievous spirits and the gambit of dominance and distractions. And yeah. you just can't stay onto the objectives. <laughs> also, you can play like hard aggro, but I think their attacks are just a bit unre- un- unreliable for them because they have only two dice. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Um, did you do a lot of practicing for the event? Like, how many times do you think you played the deck um, before the event? Right. Uh, I practiced with my dad, and I think I used it one for the Vassal League, once for the Vassal League. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and I was I was playing similar version. Yeah, I was playing similar version in the previous level week. Okay. And we we do have one more question from the patrons. This is from Matt. Um, He says, in a meta filled with warbands that are likely to start on three damage or be boosting to four (laughs) due to awesome predator and surge of aggression, what gave you the belief and confidence that purifiers would do well with consistency? And then he says, because I didn't have the confidence personally. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I believe it's because they have such strong defense stats. Uh, on beginning, you have two shields on Bahnar and two dodges on Miari, and uh, the alien and Senila just needs to roll one success on one day, then they then inspire and have two. And I also find 
the free damage attacks not that reliable. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, because uh, what I think of when you say free damage attack, there's Moloch and Rockhorn, which is just bad. But that's bad for the meta reasons, not the not uh, the warband reasons, I think. And the two hammers attack against, let's say, two heals on Bahnar, it's less than fifty percent. And then another significant fighter that deals free damage is Gristlewell, which just has, and he just has two swords, which is just too too low probability. To hit. Yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. Um, and, uh, you know, very interesting, uh, d- you know, design process on the deck here. Let's let's jump into the event and let's talk about your games. So um, if you could briefly give us, you know, which round you played, what warband you played against, and maybe like a couple sentences on why those games went the way they did. Uh, and then if you can think of anything else, great. If not, let's just jump to the next one. So uh, round one, who did you play against and, and how did that game go? All right. Uh, in round one, I played Herkorn Um That was, it was pretty fine matchup, I would say. Not really great, but not bad either. I tried usually to kill the small, the, the gnoblers and to score uh, as much glory uh, as I could of them, especially with the Surge of Aggression. Uh, the moment in the, in the second game, there was like Rogorn and Quiff surviving and my leader. I, I charged with my leader onto Quiff while, hold, while uh, he was holding an objective after the charge and he didn't push me off the objective. So I, and he weren't holding any objective. So I scored dominant position of that. And uh, that was the second round. And in the third, I just charged onto the quiff. I was, I think I was trying to score the search of aggression, uh, but it failed. And he uh, completely annihilated me. But uh, I actually managed to score to the end and win 14 to 13 in wow. that game. <laughs> so that was pretty close. But my my uh, purifiers are just used to playing close matches. And and so that was in so you won both games or yeah I won two zero. Nice, nice. The first game was a bit better because I. Uh, no, he didn't kill as many uh, of my elves, and I just killed the gnoblers and score of them. I didn't really find a need to uh, kill the Hrogorn uh, because it's just too hard. Usually, when he puts the massive bulk and the toughened hind, you you can't kill him at that moment. Got it. Yeah, it's just interesting because Hrothgorn can get to three damage pretty quickly. And so it's almost a race against the clock on who can score more glory before he just starts, you know, kicking your fighters out of this universe. So, Right, yeah. Uh, but he has uh, the free damage only on the close range attack, range one attack, which right. I 
mainly avoided uh, by just charging onto the bumpers and not staying close to him. And he can charge once in a round, so he can't deal that damage very often. Right, and I guess the four distractions help a lot. <laughs> yeah, that also helps. I don't actually think he inspired in the first battle. He, I think he didn't inspire at all. Wow. So it's it's two hammers, and when I have the two two shields or two dodges uh, on defense, it's pretty hard to hit. Yeah, that's very interesting. Cool. Well, congrats on a pretty solid, albeit close, round one. What happened in round two? Right. Uh, I met Ripa Snarfang, Snarfangs, which is a bit harder because my search of aggression, especially, it's a bit harder to score as I have just to attack the leader and uh, inspire all of his guys by that. And it's not very fun actually fighting against uh, Ripa's when the two, two other guys are inspired. That makes sense, yeah. Uh, but I think Rippers are not that bad for, for elves because they deal only two damage on each of their attacks. But you have pretty solid defense to withstand that while they're just biting you on one hammer when they are not inspired or two swords, which is not actually great against defense and Except for Ripa, it's also their main damage source, the bites. And yeah. if they can't get off that damage, your uh, elves are just going to withstand it. And there's a lot more chance that you'll inspire too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's that was pretty cool as well. Um, so, yeah, it was pretty close. I think in the first game, I just tried to in the first game I killed Ripa quickly and the other guys just fell off because they, they don't have as much damage without Ripa. Uh, they they can't put it reliably. In the second it was it was much closer um, because the last two standing guys were Bahnar and Ripa's Ripa and he managed to kill him in the end, but it was pretty close because if he didn't kill him, I wouldn't score the haughty exemplars in the end. And it was it was pretty close match. But it, it was still 2-0 in the end. Nice. Yeah, good, so, good enough. <laughs> yeah, you talked about Rippers a lot when you were building the deck. So I guess, do you think your preparation and your practice against them kind of helped you here? Uh, I haven't really practiced against Rippers. I mostly okay. practiced against Nurgle. Okay. Well, well, let's just go to uh, game three then. All right. Game three was uh, straight up bad because it was just Moloch. It was actually the Moloch that I met in the final. And uh, this was bad because I haven't the dice on my side. So 
many of the attacks went through and and my elves just got an annihilated twice. So that was <laughs> not great. Uh, they, so this, it, was against, this was against Willy, who you played in the final? Yeah, it was against Willy. Uh, oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the problem with Moloch is uh, that you don't have actually against Horkorn is that he has much less the smaller fighters because you have only the Batsquick, the Spiteroom, and the Starswick, whereas you have four other fighters when playing against Horkorn. And also, he can just deploy deploy the Starswick back in his territory, and you will never reach it. So basically, he has only two fighters that you can kill if you're not going against Moloch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the and the uh, Slag Squig is super hard to kill with a two block. So especially with the most of your attacks being on two dice. Yeah, it's it's a bit better while. Alien has cleave, but before that, it's pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. So did you just get wiped out in both games, or? Yeah, I just got wiped, wiped out <laughs> in both games. Yeah, that that happens. <laughs> okay. Um, but you know, you're still uh, still two and one, so you know you could still make the cut. Uh, what happened in uh, round four? All right, uh, round four. Uh, that was a mirror. It was against the elves that. Played uh, objective, so the uh, oh. so the dominant position uncontested, uh, the fraction temporary victory, and yeah, it's it's a mirror, so it's no one like else are winning either way, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was pretty pretty tough situation for me in the first round because he played mischievous spirits uh, before his activation and he was going to end up with two objectives anyway so he could score the fraction temporary victory yeah so i just and i couldn't stop it with my hand but i had frenzy search so i i just got one objective and uh well, he got free and played the Frenzy Church and drew, drew into the Mischievous Spirit. So that <laughs> completely stopped him there. And oh, that's great. <laughs> from that moment, it was uh, it felt apart for, from, for him because he didn't really have any glory. And I was rallying great uh, hit all the time, which just helps you inspire and all your attacks get through and they don't have that many wounds in the end. So if you just can get through with their attacks, they're just going to fall. Yeah. What we've found about mirror matches in the past is that if, because I would say you're sort of running more of a control style deck. If the other player is running the thing that normally, uh, counters you in this case i would say all your pushes probably counter objective play pretty well um you you probably have the advantage do, do you think that you have the advantage in this anti you know against the objective style deck most of the time or like how close do you think uh, yeah i i think the, i have actually pretty big advantage against objective deck yeah in general because of the mischievous spirits two distractions and the of dominance 
also Probably, there was a yeah. funny moment in the end because there was an objective and next to the objective was little hex and uh onto the objective was eileen standing right so mm-hmm. i put my leader on guard and activated his gauntlet of dominance and pushed Aileen into the little hex. So she got one wound. Then he moved onto the, onto the objective again. So she was now ready to be pushed again into the little hex. So I made a move with Miari and put her again <laughs> into the little hex. And then I just finished her with the child wins, guarding me elemental blessing. So that was that was just killing killing Aileen without any attacks. Wow. <laughs> yeah, when you when you're able to use those gauntlets uh multiple times, it's it gets really, really powerful. Um cool. So you, you won both of those games in the fourth round? Yeah, I won also both of those games. Cool. So you, you basically you had won two O in all f- uh or in three of the four games, which I guess was enough to make the top eight cut. Do you know what position you were in? Um, I think I was six. Sixth place. Sixth cool. Place. Yeah. Cool. <clears throat> Great. Well, that's really cool. Um, going into day two and then seeing what the uh, composition was, which I think there were two purifiers, two Molog, uh, Lady Harrow's, Grimwatch, um, Slanish and Profiteers. Slanish and Profiteers. Yeah, was there anything in particular that you were afraid of playing or that you wanted to play? I was particularly afraid of mocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I ended up playing anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Did you have any preference on any of the other ones? Well, I... I... I didn't have, but I think I should have a preference against the objective for Benzmar. Yeah. But but I didn't have it was just not I, I couldn't change it, right? So just I'll just <laughs> see what the, what they give me and try to fight with it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so uh you planned up playing Grimwatch. Um this was against Zach Newcomb in the first round. Um how did that go? Well, that uh, did go uh, actually pretty well because of the so many pushes we were talking about just the last game. So I I buffed my Bahnar with the gauntlet of dominance, and he just and I actually moved him into his territory so he could attack three ghouls with his range to attack. Well, just Greg Mero could hit him back. So there was no running for, from him. Also, he, he can't be driven back. So so he couldn't drive him back anyway. And he just kept hitting and pushing his ghouls of the objectives with the gambles of dominance. And he, uh, he uh, actually said that uh, to me that against me, hidden purpose was really a problem uh, to score, taking him like five activations. That's crazy. That sounds super annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After the match, he wrote on Discord uh, that my deck was the 
uh, or it was actually after the finals, but it was uh, my deck was the most frustrating deck ever to play against. Where very well played <laughs> and built. Wow, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. So that was the first game. How did the second game go? Well, I, I think the second game just went pretty well as well. Uh, pretty well. Just trying to not leave him on the, the objectives and kill him and score off my passive objectives, which he couldn't really mess up. Yeah, I, I think I actually caught the last uh, part of that game, and I think you had like 30 glory or something. So <laughs> I think it, went, it must have went pretty well. Um, yeah, it definitely went pretty well. That's an interesting matchup because, like, the Grimwatch aren't that hard to kill. Um, they only have one defense dice for the most part, and uh, your guys are pretty accurate. And you know, if you're able to stop them from inspiring, and then all these distractions, I could see that being really. Yeah, annoying. I just, I just <laughs> charged into his territory. Just no, I, I knew I couldn't let him inspire because he would just yeah. have two dodges and more reliable attacks with uh, Crack Marrow. Hitting now for free damage and Grizzlewell uh, hitting that free sword in that instead of sword, two swords, and that makes a difference. So I charge into his territory and kill his guys, and it went well. So very cool. Yeah, very cool. And Zach Newcomb is, uh, is a very good player. So high praise from someone who's done very well consistently on these events. So let's jump to round two. Uh, you're you're fighting against Michael Carlin and his Molog, and a lot of people thought you know Michael Carlin was the favorite to win the event. So how did this? How did these games go for you? Right. So the I, as I said, I was pretty afraid of Molog because uh, yeah, because I just can't reach the small guys and kill them. So it just takes a while until they. Uh, until my elves reach the small guys, especially when I'm not playing any spectral wings. So the first game, uh, yeah, uh, the, the first game. I think I don't know. I, I mean, might confuse it with the final. <laughs> so I can I can help a little bit because I I actually watched these games recently. Um. So in that first game, it looked like you were very aggressively trying to take down Molog. Um, and, um, you know, Mike had missed five attacks in a row, which yeah. helped you kind of uh, get in there and take him down, even after a ferocious resistance play. So how was that feeling and, and how tense was that? Because I, I, was, I was watching and it was quite tense, you know, it was like, you miss, he misses, you hit, he misses, and I was just like, I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, that uh, was that was pretty crazy game because he missed uh, every attack that Moloch made, and uh, Bahanari just kept smash smashing into him, and when he deals that free damage, it's it hurts him, and I was pretty afraid that he will kill my Bahanari, which is my main damage source, and. I would be screwed in that moment, but he didn't, and I managed to kill him, I think, in the second round. And, well, when you kill Moloch and 
he doesn't have that much glory. It's just easy to right. just kill the other guys, especially when you have range attacks advantage and they can't really deal anything to you. Right. So fate was on your side in game one. How did game two go in that in that round? Well, game uh, two was uh, much worse. Uh, it was actually centered around one objective that was, I think it was in his arm neutral territory. And I just kept, uh, I, I tried to hold it to score some objectives. I don't know, I probably dominant position, but he just out distracted me. And his Moloch ended up taking three hits and uh, that wasn't really nice. And my else just got demolished because he has free damage from the start. So it's one hit and I died, which is not great. Right. So a, a little bit of a tough loss there. Um, you weren't able to hold on to that objective. How did you change your strategy or what was your strategy going into that third game, that tiebreaker? Right. Uh, I don't usually have any any plans into the game. I have just an outline and I try to adapt on the fly. Like, I know what I could do, but I don't really choose uh, before I need to. So I just... Right. I just let let him play the fighters and see what I can do. And when I see something coming, I can choose whether I want it or not. But I don't. I don't really uh, say to myself I'm going to do this because uh, usually I'm not able to, to do that for some reason. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, that makes a lot of sense. You've got to. You know the op- the opportunity has to present itself for you to right. to actually execute on it. Um, yeah, especially especially when I have just that flexible deck mm-hmm. that I built that I can just go around, don't kill that many fighters, and just score from nothing. It's it's not that many glory points. How you can score with objectives or killing people, but I can score it pretty reliably. So I just can adapt on the fly. Yeah. So how did you adapt on the fly in game three? All right. So game game three, uh, it was a long setup. So the de- uh, so the boards were facing on the long, so together with the short side. And uh, actually he tried to, I tried to push my leader onto the objective with John Lewins and then he distracted him into the lead legs that was just next to the objective. And there was that big Moloch standing and guarding the all the rest of his fighters that were in the back. And I charged with Miari. Uh, I actually could charge with Miari onto the bat quick at that moment. So I charged. And <clears throat> I managed to kill him, which gave me... Uh, it gave me 
the primacy token, I think the search of aggression as well. So that was pretty great. He charged after Miari, but he missed. So I kept my primacy token and that was great. And also I had my Miari in his territory, uh, which he, he could just, he, he was basically there, so he could just distract the Moloch and try to get uh, him further away from, from the rest of my fighters, which then Moloch just can't kill. But uh, it was too sad because he played the uh, the upgrade for plus two speed that makes you a hunter. <laughs> and oh yeah, savage speed. Yeah, savage speed, and that is that was pretty unfortunate because he just could get back uh, into my territory. Uh, but going into the second round, he he just killed my leader and I was just I I wasn't do, doing that much because I really didn't want to attack the Moloch, which was far away and not really uh, glory uh, shining, let's say. And I just, I think I kept cycling my cards and moved on to the objective. And the third round it was pretty close when my uh, in the end he I, I was going on uh, for dominant position and my alien was holding one objective but she was trapped and uh, my uh, Vahnar just was standing in the middle of my territory so I I just said to myself there's there's really Nothing I can can do to save Aileen here, so I'll just uh, move my banner so he can counter my dominant position with holding his objective. He actually had discarded the mischievous spirits at that moment, so there was no worrying about that. And he uh, tried to charge uh, at the Aileen with two hammers with two rolls, but he tried and tried and. He rolled swords and support, which was game changing in that moment because I was able to uh, uh, match his score by scoring dominant position. And at that point, it was, it was like a tie, and I won an objective. So that was really wow. close. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you killed him in the first game and then decided not to. Uh, after that, is it just too much work? Do you think it's just it's just too much work, especially if the <laughs> ferocious resistance. You just yeah. try to kill him, and he's back on full health again, right? Right. Do you do you feel like by you ignoring him, he just can't expi- inspire? Well, he can't inspire. Although I don't think it the the inspiration doesn't really matter against elves. Because he doesn't have any inspiration blocks and he deals free damage, which is enough to kill the elf without any upgrade. So I don't think really inspiring here matters. Not yeah, he just gets a little more mobility, I guess. Yeah. I just I just need to survive and and uh, score my passive stuff. Yeah, I just feel like the double charge is is pretty powerful. But yeah, I mean, maybe the three damage is enough. Yeah, the free damage is 
usually, usually when they try to inspire, they, they uh, have done this maneuver when they uh, moved through the little hex twice so they could charge twice. So they just uh, took the damage willingly when I was not uh, willing to give it to the Moloch. So uh, they can just charge twice. That's interesting. Yeah, Yeah. because especially if they have the heal in hand, they'll just heal back up. Yeah. Corrosive resistance, that's a card. Um, So you get, you take, wow, so your second Moloch you defeated in the event. And you mean that was well, he, he lost to the first one. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, this is your revenge match. Got it. Got it. Right. <laughs> no, 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 not yet. A revenge match. No, coming up. Final. Coming up. Yeah, the final against Willie. Yeah. So you win two one against Mike. Yeah, I win two one. Uh, I win two game. Uh, the last game on to the objectives. Onto holding more objectives than him, so I go into the final. And how did that final go? Well, it was a pretty dramatic final, I can say, because the first game it was it was pretty tough. My uh, his mark was rampaging, and uh, and I was killing his guys as well. But the only two guys who survived were uh, well at the end of the second round. I uh, got Bahnar and he got Moloch and the uh, Batsquick, which, which got one wound left. And I was holding like the Elemental Blessing and Unexpected Pitfall. And I, I was uh, planning in the next turn just to move my Bahnar and uh, try to kill the Batsquick with the. Elemental uh, with the channel the wind, which I had in that moment, and he made it even easier for me because my 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 banner was just out of range of his damage with that many upgrades I got on him with the deserved confidence and the gauntlet and I think there was the the reduction the hearthstone amulet. And he charged with that bad squeak onto me, and he missed. But that was really a big mistake because I played Channel the Wind, score uh, kills the bad squeak, score the Elemental Blessing and the Unexpected Pitfall of, of that. And uh, then I drew into the Frantic Exchange, which I was able to score as well. So <laughs> I, I scored. Uh, a lot of glory from that charge. And uh, then I was just going into the into the front round where he tried to charge me and he rolled he rolled pretty pretty recently. I think it was like one or two hammers. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it was with cleave, but uh, that was the time that my uh, mountain stance paid off. Because I rolled two shields, and because of the cleave ignoration of mountain stance, he just uh, stood and he took a swing bat at, back at Moloch, which uh, was for something like six damage. 
and it, <laughs> he, he tried actually uh, to play Ferocious Resistance before that, but uh, he didn't really heal anything. So I just took a, swi- a swing at him and killed the Molog. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like in a lot of these games you had Bahanar with just a lot of upgrades. And he is really, really hard to kill with two sma- I mean, two, uh, block. So that's cool. Yeah, two, two block is really hard to kill. Also, you, can, you can't really drive him back while he, isn't, he hasn't moved or charged. And he has a two range, which is pretty good. And you don't need really to be... Uh, next to someone, you just need to be close. But I sometimes when when just Banar dies too early, I can just put my upgrades on Miari or uh, or Aileen, and they can do with it as well. Yeah, you're not really locked into Banar. That's cool. So that was the first game. Yeah, uh, the second game. <laughs> The second game was bad. I, I, I think I have some, some problem with the second game against Mods because they just went, <laughs> they, they just go on rampage and kill everyone. <laughs> and it's not nice. I feel like that's all of my games against Mog, but <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it's just the second one for you. <laughs> Great. And the first game, uh, the third game, right? Uh, it was that one was pretty close as well. It started him by charging uh, unsuccessfully into my territory, and then he was just surrounded by everyone. The Moloch was just surrounded by everyone, and I could give him a free hits, and everyone was. I I I, I was thinking he's just going to die here, right? But uh, he just in the second round he just smashed my leader which was threatening for free damage. And then he smashed Bahanar and he was back into game again. So <laughs> that was uh, really not nice, but I, but in the end uh, I buffed my Senila so she couldn't be killed by Moloch attack. And uh, I scored to the end and pursuit of excellence and it, it was something like 17-16 which was really really close but wow. managed to kill the mark. He was he was standing on objective in case but in case I had one less glory but it didn't matter so <laughs> I was cool. grateful for that. Sounds like you had a lot of really really close games with like one glory or in sometimes the tiebreaker. Yeah, they, I, I I think that's really the problem with this control decks because they can score that much glory, and like if you go on rampage, that's that's easy, right? But <laughs> they they don't usually, and they just try to score that score that much and try to not get killed and. Hope that opponent can can outscore them, and it worked well. So that that was great. And and in this matchup, um, were you saving the aether courts for your defense rolls, or like did that help you survive, or do they do they just not roll any hits? Or <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, I think really the problem with Moloch is now that he can just 
with the hunting season and the hunter's upgrades, he can just put on him, himself a lot of dice. So I, uh, not, not not in the finals, but in the previous, may, maybe even in the finals, it was mm -hmm. the Moloch was rolling four dice with two rolls, which is pretty crazy yeah. if you have like four or five damage attack. That's just when shooting everyone and you can charge twice. <laughs> so, so usually when when uh, the the attacks got through, there was just no hope. But I tried to use the Ether Quartz tokens for my elemental cards when I got the elemental blessing objective, and when there was some hope that they will save the attack and they are going to die. Anyway, I can just right. use the other core token. So, yeah, yeah, you might as you might as well because <laughs> if they die, then there is no other core second for me. Cool. Well, congratulations! I think it's really cool that uh, you won the event with the deck that you know you didn't, you weren't really sure was going to. And uh, I know that we on this podcast are very happy about Molog's dying <laughs> in general. So, you know, I wasn't going to say it, but. Uh... <laughs> I'm happy that you took down the you know two good Molog players. Yeah. Um, and, you know, did really well with a brand new warband. So congratulations. Yeah, I think everyone just loves Molochs dying, except for <laughs> Molochs players. You know, and the Molochs players they did a fantastic job as well. Shout out to uh, Zach Newcomb, Mike Carlin, and Willie for you know making it to the top four um, or top. Top, uh, top eight, rather, and uh, competing with you there. So I, I think you had a hell of a, a tournament, so congrats again. Um, just two, three last questions for you uh, before we wrap this up here. What are your thoughts on the meta now that the event is over? Right. So uh, as I said, I don't really like the Moloch <laughs> because I, I think it was never supposed to... Uh, he was never supposed to have four hammers with two rolls and uh, hitting for five damage. That's just <laughs> one-shotting everyone, right? And there were many, many cards that just helped Moloch exclusively, like the intimidating display and the search of aggression is just and uh, Savage Exemplar. So I, I don't really like the Molochs. Uh, as I can speak for the rest of the meta, I haven't met any orcs or that, so I can't really speak in a, about orcs. But I, I, I think the most meta were just the Molochs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, Ripas and Horkhorn, but I, I think Ripa and Horkhorn, they're fine until you bring the Ferocious Resistance, which is... Uh, that is just crazy card because... I think, yeah, I uh, in the when I was playing against Willy uh, the first day, I could have killed the Moloch, but he played a ferocious resistance and healed for four wounds, so there was no more hope for me. So that that card is crazy, and I don't. I think it just needs to be restricted or forsaken for this specific reason. Just right. Um. Yeah, I mean it's a very strong card, and um, 
you know, people will tell you that it's it's really good. Uh, aside from the 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 warbands you've mentioned, what do you think about the Direchasm warbands? You know, you've won an event now, uh, the first event of Direchasm online with the purifiers. Do you think the purifiers and the dread pageant um, are are really good and are able to keep up with the rest of the meta, or do you think it was just um, just kind of series of events that ended up working out in your favor? All right. Um, I think that they are able to keep with the mess of the retard, but uh, rest of the meta, but uh, they require much more work. Except just uh, because when you compare it just to Malak, you the upgrades and you just go on rampage and <laughs> kill everyone, which you can't really do with else, right? Uh, or uh, the dread pageant for that that case. Do you think they compete pretty well with the uh, the beast grave warbands? I I think they they uh, compete decently well. Yeah, I I can't really speak against uh, of dread pageant. I uh, haven't played it yet, so I think I've played it like once, only to try it. Yeah, but I was tra- training just with the elves to see to see what they can do and prepare for them. Clash makes sense. Last question. Um, so I I uh, I speak a lot to an individual named Hans Eskipala on Facebook. Are you related to that person? Yeah, that's my father. Oh, very cool, very cool. Okay, awesome, awesome. And um, I guess you know you mentioned your dad a couple times. Uh, how old are you, uh, Daniel, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, uh, I'm 17. Wow. So we've got a young prodigy coming out of the Czech Republic. <laughs> um, I noticed that uh, you know your dad shares your success online a lot, and you've won a lot of your local events. Um, are you? Would you say that you're the dominating player in your area? Yeah, I, I can say that. <laughs> I love it. I love the confidence. Well, awesome, Daniel. Um, that's all I've got. Jonathan, do you have any more questions for Daniel and his, his amazing performance with Purifiers? Uh, no, I think that's it. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and uh, telling us about your event. All right. Uh, thanks a lot. For- yeah, and good luck with the, your blog. You mentioned that you're running a, a Czech Republic-focused Underworlds blog, so that'll be very exciting, and we'll be sure to share that um, on, the sh- on, the sh- on the show notes whenever you uh, have all the articles and stuff up. Right. Great. Awesome. Daniel, thank you so much. Take care. Have a great rest of your evening and uh, and best of luck on your path to glory. You too. And lots of dead mollocks for you guys. Thank you. All righty. That was the interview with Daniel and his purifiers. Some great stuff. And shout out to our patrons for asking some questions and you know the ones that he was able to answer and then of course thank you to daniel again for being a part of the show um jonathan any highlights from the interview or or anything like that comments um no i thought it was really cool that i I guess yes i do have some comments i thought it was really cool that uh he was able to do so well with purifiers i think it's fun that uh, he just kind of wanted to play them and uh, was able to pull it out. I think that it's uh, it, it, it's interesting uh, how he sort of looks at the game. Um, he, he seems very Zen where he's, he doesn't really think about the game that's upcoming. He just 
thinks about the situation in front of him and uh, figures it out as he goes. So I thought that was neat. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he, he exemplifies the, the attitude on adapting to the circumstances. So that was really cool to see his thought process. And as you mentioned, making the best out of every situation, but um, I liked how Frank he was. <laughs> I, I, I actually appreciate it. You know, he didn't really uh, cloak any of his answers and in, in some sort of bias. It was just, this is what happened. This is what I reacted. And, and this is kind of how it went down. So um, I thought it was fun and I hope you guys enjoyed it. Enjoys it. Enjoyed it. So, uh, we're making up words today on path to glory, but let's jump to our patron questions. So we've got a first one up from Hussman. Um, my son Taylor has won two podcast contests so far. One from <laughs> so far, one from What the Hex and one from Path to Glory, and he won his first match in a Vassal tournament. In your opinion, is he destined for Underworld's greatness? <laughs> I think there's only one answer to this question, <laughs> which is absolutely. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. In fact, after meeting him at ATC in 2019 wow so long ago i know he i told i told uh i told husband right there i said your son's gonna be you know a, a really good player in a couple years and and we'll be competing with him um at high tables and so uh taylor if you're listening keep up the good work keep winning those uh you know those contests and matches <laughs> yeah. and uh i look forward to seeing your greatness realized yeah i i, I know our our uh I know some of the contests are take some luck to win, and uh, so luck is important. <laughs> Especially in this game. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and just got to keep working on uh, playing those games. But, I mean, the uh, you know, he's doing great. So I don't know if I've actually played him yet, but I, I need to uh, need to set that up. I know we've been – I know that I've talked to Hussman about it. I know I've played Hussman a few times. But. I think he's taken a game from me. <laughs> uh, I know you guys played um, at ATC. That seems like so much so long ago. Yeah, he he definitely was like, "Hey, can can we play? I've always wanted to play you." And I was like, "Sure." And I and in my head, I was like, "You know, I'll probably just take it easy." Um, so I just <laughs> did, like some suboptimal moves, and then he just like starts like really going for it. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I can't lose here." So um, you know, I I you know I edged it out just a little bit, but. Um, no, he's he's good man, and he he played Far Striders um, in an event one time, and uh, that was fun too. So, you know, he he likes playing with uh, some of the less underrepresented warbands, which I think is awesome because it teaches you some great fundamentals. And uh, yeah. I hope that he starts playing with some of the more powerful ones as as he continues his experience, because uh, he'll definitely be uh, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next question is from, and I'm actually not even sure how to say this, Shuvness, I guess. Um, do I would you say Shuvness, but Shuvness actually shoveness? sounds more accurate. I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll have to we'll have to find out what the phonetics are on that. Uh, the question is: Do you think Ferocious Resistance is a candidate for the Forsaken list? In my opinion, it falls in the same category as Hunter's Reflexes, as it is on the weaker side for most warbands and will not find a slot there, but it is very good for warbands with high health fighters like Mog, Hrothgorn, or Crushes. Uh, what do you think about that? 
Well, I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of uh, this card, but I, I, I don't agree that it is a candidate for the Forsaken list. I think if a card needs to be on the Forsaken list, it either has to be game-breaking, very confusing, or so powerful to the point that it is actually hurting the, the game. And and I don't think Dire Chasm is hurting right now. I do think that Mala kind of gatekeeps other aggressive warbands because um, in order to having to effectively kill him twice because of this card can be challenging. <laughs> yeah. um, what I would, what I expect will happen, and this is just a, uh, you know, a guess, is that the card will probably end up being restricted because it's that good. Um, what yeah. I've, I've seen some people talk about it and I've been part of conversations um, with some other community members where I thought it would be really cool. And the idea was, you know, maybe changing the the card or eradicating it to where there is a health limitation. So if you put a limitation on the health, say, let's say fighters with, you know, five or four wounds or less can use it, then I think it kind of solves the problem and you don't have to, what I would assume, restrict it. Again, that that's just my my thought process there, um, but it is very good for warbands with high health fighters like Mala, Crothorn, and Crushes. I completely agree. Um, I think Ali Ali Bond Oliver he used it in his Profiteers deck, and he said it helped him a lot. Yeah. On yeah. Thundric, you know, you stack Thundric with like four, three or four wounds, um, <laughs> he can be very hard to take down. So it's um, yeah, I think that's all I'm going to say about it, honestly without getting too negative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, and I don't think it's quite the same situation as Hunter's reflexes. I think the problem with Hunter's reflexes was how many reactions it blocked. And if you got that upgrade on, it would just stop entire, like it just stopped any reaction that wanted to happen after your activation. Um, so that's why I would say that Hunter's reflexes probably was probably forsaken. Um, just because like, I think it actually did break the game. I don't think this breaks the game. I think it, uh, might break the meta a little bit because it makes the high health stuff really, really good. Um, but I don't know. I guess I'd like to see it restricted for sure. Um, I, I would be fine if it was forsaken, but I don't, I don't really know if it, that would seem a little extreme to me. Yeah. A little harsh. And, and, you know, like any of these cards, there's always, <laughs> it, it always seems easy to be like the card should have been like this, you know? <laughs> So I, I agree that the, you know, it should have had a health limitation or, you know, rebound should do something else or, you know, whatever. There's always going to be cards we <laughs> we wish were better or different. Absolutely. And and again, I don't want to understate this. Like this is a very strong card and it is integral for these warbands. And if you restrict it hypothetically, then they still use it, right? It doesn't get, it doesn't solve the challenge. Um, and, and we're honestly... To be fair, is there a challenge that even needs to be solved? You know, um, I'm sure the team at Games Workshop knows um, is tracking, you know, the data and the cards and stuff. And so it's ultimately it's their decision and it's their world and we're just playing in it. Right. So we, yeah. we just have to, you know, make the best of it. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So last question um, from Kyler. And he says, This question is for Jonathan. In the past, Jonathan. You have not been a fan of bringing cards that give cleave. Do you still think bringing cards that give you cleave are not really worth it with the current meta? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, I, I think I'm still right. 
Um, I think that in general, if there was a card that only gave cleave, and I think we have seen those in the past, um, I, I don't think it's worth it. Um, I think that, you know, there's in general, there's probably a 50% chance that cleave even matters. Um, cause a lot of warbands will just use dodges. And of course you do have guard being fairly powerful. So that's, uh, it does help against that. Um, I think in general, I'd still rather take dice over cleave i have seen um some people i think it was val on the discord was taking the uh, an avatar build for crushes and then because it has ensnare built into that part of it then i think he took the um cleave predator's trinket card i think it's or i forget what it's called that's right uh, is it okay um and he was saying that it feels really great when you have both of them on there because you don't care what the other person, you know, has or uh, whether they're on guard or not. They just need crits, you know, or supports, I guess. Um, and that uh, that seems that seems valid to me, um, especially on a warband with a few fighters, where you probably will, you know, be stacking up those upgrades. Um, I'm still not sure if I think it's worth a slot. Um, I like Predator's Trinket because it also makes you a quarry, and I'm sure there's some decks where that's that could be worth it. I don't think I've seen too much absolute stillness recently because a lot of the quarry cards have been restricted like strength of terror, but um, I would take it in that kind of deck if I was building one. Um, and then, you know, then again, a lot of uh, a lot of the accuracy cards for uh, that are upgrades are restricted or there just aren't as many as we've had before. So um, maybe it's worth considering. I, I just have a really hard time fitting them in my decks. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I guess if you know Molog is around, you could consider it. But, you know, single block, I don't really know if you need anything to hit that most of the time. You know, usually they're going to crit you out more often than they do anything else. So is what it seems like to me. Yeah, good analysis. I, I was going to echo the thoughts on Predator's Trinket. I think the only reason it was ever taken was the fact that it made you a quarry, right? Um, yeah, but there's the one glory card for having a friendly quarry. So, like, if I was building a Slanesh deck, maybe I would take it in there um, to give somebody cleave and then also, you know, as a backup to support that. So, I, I think basically my conclusion is that cleave in and of itself in a vacuum is not worth one upgrade slot. Yeah, especially because Vasilek gets or Vasilek gets cleave. <sighs> yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I think that's a good answer. Uh, I completely agree. I don't think cleave is worth it on its own um but if cleave and you know x then i think it's maybe worth a look um but yeah thanks for the questions our uh, you know patrons um and you know looking forward to answering more yeah i think that's one of my favorite parts of the <laughs> those podcasts since we added them so yeah i think we've done whole episodes in the past where we've just answered questions yeah yeah they've been fun yeah right on Okay, well, I think that's it. Uh, shorter episode than usual, but um, I guess with the news from Warcom, you'll probably hear from us soon if Kagra's Ravagers do drop in the next week or two. Um, but again, if you're an end phase or if you're a patron, then you know you can look forward to the end phase there. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to talk about uh, Tiger Priority. That'll be fun. Right on. Well, take it away. 
<laughs> sure. That is going to be it for this episode. If you are a patron supporter, be sure to check out the exclusive end phase episode on Patreon, where we'll talk about target priority. Once again, thank you to our patron supporters. If you'd like to join our current supporters, you can at patreon.com slash path to glory. You can find all of our blog content on path to glory podcast.com. If you have any feedback, questions, or comments, please let us know on Facebook, Twitter, or discord at path to glory podcast. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And as always, thanks for listening, and we wish you the best of luck on your path to glory. My name's Jeff. <laughs> you ever seen Did that it? from uh, it's like <laughs> 22 Jump Street? Yeah, I've definitely seen that. I just was not expecting it. <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> I could not think of anything today. Uh, stay safe, socially distance, don't get COVID, and uh, I guess uh, watch some movies. So your name can be Jeff also. <laughs> and check out those uh, elves on kangaroos. Oh, those are sick. <laughs> yeah. Not sure how I feel about the vampire, but TBD, I guess. I like the vampire. I just think the bats in the hair are a little strange, you know? Maybe. <laughs>